Greetings, traveler. It's good to see that you are safe. I hope you enjoyed your day of bird, and hopefully you didn't stuff yourself too hard. <laughs> well, welcome back in, traveler. If you look off over there, you'll see two gentlemen over there. They provide service for their mead. They call themselves e and &E Bartending, coming from a land far and wide, but also full of entertainment and good spirits. We hope they enjoy their stay here at the Nerd again, as much as we enjoy having them here. Uh, since we're speaking of drink, we must recap the tales we went on with the Day of the Bird. We hope you enjoyed yourself, Traveler. I know we sure did around here at the Nerd again. I cannot tell a fable and say we didn't talk much silly. <laughs> uh, these barbarians think they can benefit from breast milk. Can you believe that, Traveler? Uh, that is a recap we will get into at your stay. But there is a lot more information to be heard, Traveler. Welcome back in. There's always hope for you here. Well, first off, Thanksgiving was freaking awesome. I mean, yep. did you guys eat plenty? <laughs> I had like four dinners. Dude, you're, Miguel, you're the one that showed up and like was already like full. <laughs> well, what'd you do? Where'd you, where else you go? So, all right. First of all, I started at my mom's house. She served me like two giant plates. You know, like those heaping servings on Dragon Ball? Yeah. Yeah, the, two of those. <laughs> nice. Had those. And then we went over to Katie's family. What'd she have over there, though? I mean, we're, we're talking Mexican household here. Oh, dude, my mom does traditional. Oh, really? Corn, stuffing, turkey, ham, all that kind of stuff. Whoa, all right, and nice. That was pretty bomb. And then we went over to Katie's, same thing, but a little extra, like fried green beans and all that stuff. Casserole and all Casserole. that. Casserole. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah we nice, had that. Nice. And then I went to Caitlin's, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I think more, I can make this work. More food, yay! Yeah. Hey. So, so you went a little overboard. I did. Remember, <laughs> he, I'm a hypocrite, dog. <laughs> your plate was so sparse. You Dude. had like one spoonful of everything, so you could try it. Then when it came to what was a dessert, you're, you just kind of looked at it. I tapped out. Yeah, yeah. You're being smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Andrew, we like died that morning. Yeah. So I found out that my, you know, aerobic capacity isn't all up where it should be. We played flag football that morning. Uh, Miguel, you were at the wrong game. Did you play or, or was your back still messing with you? No, my back was, uh, it, it was okay. Just not good enough to play. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, actually feeling well, he, better today. So. Nice. Yeah. He squatted afterwards. Oh, yeah, he so did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it so, was good. So we were there for about, what, three hours? Two, three hours was I have no we idea. We played forever. I and was at the wrong game that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we played football that something my parents kept saying never thought there'd be a day where andrew willingly goes and joins a bunch of guys to play football yeah, a bunch of out of shape guys it was cool man I, it, it was uh, funny yeah <laughs> the I'm whole okay i'm gonna guard this guy because i know that he smokes there's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what one of the guys said yeah so basically two groups that kind of met up it was a a bunch of essays and a bunch of uh people that just used to well work out or used to be into sports back in the day and so the guys that knew each other like i know that fool smokes i got him <laughs> Dude, the shit talking was the best part at that game too. Like, this older dude, he was gonna throw in the towel, and he took a chug of his beer. And then one of our buddies was like, "Get in there, you fucking quitter!" So he spits out his beer, goes back in. And he's like, "Yeah, that's why you stop smoking cigarettes, huh? You fucking quitter!" <laughs> no, it was it was fun though. I I'm sore though. I it's two days now, and my obliques are so. I forgot how much core is involved in sprinting in different directions really really fast. I jammed my finger trying to tackle my cousin Marcos. We'll try and pull his flag. 
I rolled my ankle, but that wasn't very serious. And I wasn't limping off. What did you jam nice. your finger on? Myself. I don't know how it happened, but I'm pretty sure when I went that takes for a special his special kind of skill. Exactly. I'm pretty sure when I went to get the flag, and I, I think I felt landed on my hand. I'm not sure, but so I. So you land on your hand, and then the other guy just like did a somersault and like did went head first into the ground. No, no, no. He completely juked me. So did you land on one of your fucking thunder thighs? <laughs> <laughs> well, your I, went, I went into to sack this guy so every series you get one chance to sack him you can just run you don't even need to count so as soon as they snap the ball i ran in and i'm way quicker than this guy but he plays rugby so he's got some pretty good footwork and he did good footwork on me i rolled my ankle landed on my hand i'm pretty sure i don't know how but somehow landed on my hand because my finger i mean look look at that bad boy thing looks like a polish dog you know (laughs) (laughs) you know so uh, and and he made a big play so i didn't even get him i just all that for nothing so i sat one whole series out and went back and but afterwards everyone was like whoa Guys, this whole age thing starting to settle in. <laughs> that was the funniest thing for me. All of you, even Thomas, is like, I'm, I'm getting too old for this. Or I'm, getting, I'm too out of shape for this. I'm saying, like, I'm warming up. Like, let's go. This you're, is you, fun. You didn't even have any cleats, dude. No, I kept spinning oh, out. There's one play where the guy was coming to me, and I was getting ready to grab his flags, and then someone else tried grabbing him, so he did a whole bunch of juking stuff. And I tried pushing off with my right foot to turn, and I just kept, like, slid out from under me. Like ice. Just like eyes, <laughs> caught myself on it, and then tried pushing off it. And I did that like five times, trying to push off my right foot, and just kept sliding out from underneath me. Before I'm like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> Damn. I just dude. stood up and like walked away because like this is not working. <laughs> no, Andrew, I, Andrew looking like Frozone from <laughs> The Incredibles. Yeah. And well, I, there, there's that whole point where uh, Thomas threw me a pass, and I couldn't tell if he was going to overthrow or underthrow me because he it takes like three throws between me and him before he dials in like where he needs to throw it yeah. so I can catch it and. I stopped for a little bit. Balls in front of me. So I was like, oh, crap. Went for it again. Missed it. But stopped moving. And I just kept sliding for two feet. Dude, he just wanted the stats. He kept run- he kept just going for the deep bombs. I'm like, bro. He was like, God damn it, Thomas. We're open right in front of you. And he's going for the guy that's triple coverage in the end zone every <laughs> single time. But uh, well, that was cool. I mean, it was, it was fun. Uh, one of the guys there actually was able to record some footage. And he sent it to me on Snapchat, so he had the drone footage. It was freaking awesome to see. I said we look like Madden, a bunch of you know out of shape Madden guys running around. You know? <laughs> Mad- Madden Street Three. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, then afterwards it's cool though. Going to the gym, that was that, that was, was cool. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I have not had a bro lift day like that. Literally, we went in there and just. I mean, me with shoulders and then did some biceps and talked a lot of crap in between sets. It was cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. super uh, awesome. I think I was the only one that actually followed a program because I was supposed to do a program that day. Yeah, you, you sure. wouldn't actually do deadlifts after football, dude. You're crazy. Yeah. It wasn't, hey, it wasn't quads. <laughs> yeah. No, it was cool, though. I mean, uh, we even had someone from another gym go there. The, you know, Alberto, who was at a different yeah. gym. He went there to, to try it out. No, it was cool, though. I mean... I, honestly, it's been years since I've had a bro lift day like that where you go in, you don't follow a program, you kind of just go in to hang out with the boys Have and lift. Have fun, do all yeah. the ego lifting. Yeah, and we did curls. a bunch of ego lifting. I, you know, my finger was jammed, so it's kind of hard to grip a barbell, but it was cool. I had a blast. And then we definitely, oh, well, I know I did. I worked up an appetite. It was so hard to wait to 4 p.m. to eat. And pretty sure we all had a protein shake. Yeah. Somewhere in between there. Uh, we went, I think Miguel left. 
Thomas and I went back to your place and you treated us to. I'll hook you guys protein. up. Yeah, the fruity cereal. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. No, if but you want to find out what kind of brand it was, Ghost. tell them to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, Ghost Way. Come on, guys. Hey, Ghost. We like video games <laughs> and protein, bro. Please. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it was cool, though. The the dinner at Caitlin's parents was phenomenal. That was good. It was oh, incredible. my God. I mean, I ended up having three plates, I believe. Went definitely have, I've kind of followed my own advice. I, sh- I could have done better, but I mean... I was so hungry from a workout and a football game. I was like, you know what? I gave myself a pass and kind of went after the food. I was in that special boat where it's like, I'm kind of hungry, but at the same time, the night before, because this was Wednesday night, right? We all went out to Crazy Horse. So right before I went out. Oh, yes, we did. (laughs) We sure did. Right before I went to the Crazy Horse, I downed a bunch of bunch of yokokatsu which is pretty much a chicken version of tonkatsu which is basically just fried pork japanese style nice but i had like nine of those things with two three bowls of rice so that was still carrying over into thanksgiving then i did not follow my advice my dad just loaded me up with a bunch of the white meat from the turkey nice (laughs) had some uh ham because it's like a big treat for me to have ham we'd never cook it or anything like that Tried some other foods, but the turkey slowed me down so much that we just killed it. I, like, I inhaled the ham, ate the mashed potatoes, ate the sweet potatoes, which, surprisingly, I now like. Guys, Andrew likes sweet potatoes. This is a huge deal. Oh. And fat shout-out to Craig, Caitlin's dad. Those sweet potatoes, oh, were they, they not were amazing? Good. Dude, they yeah. were... F- I was literally filled to the brim. I was like one of those boomers from Left 4 Dead. <laughs> And like I'm like I wolfed down the sweet potato man. It was so good. Oh my god! No, it was so good. But I ran to the damn turkey with the white meat, and yeah, it killed all momentum. And I had maybe a plate. Dude, you were looking at a full plate at the end of the night. You're looking yeah. at that. The thing was looking at back at you, and I'm like, he's not. Yeah, he's I, I was looking at it going, God damn it, I want more. But what impressed me the most? It slowed dude. me down so much, and then I uh, rallied back for dessert. Dude, what impressed me the most is how ham you went on the ham. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. You went after you went it, man. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the ham. Like I said, my family never had ham for Thanksgiving, Christmas, anything. We never had it. Well, I'm surprised about how good I felt. So the night before the flag football game, we actually went out to the to the crazy horse which is a bar and it was buck night so it's dollar drinks so it's not very good quality and for it, everyone it, who it knows how well remember he doesn't go out that's the only reason why i drove up to megalia was reminded about this and drove my ass back down was noel came out for buck night yeah i okay. i hadn't hit the bars since april and before that it had been like a year so it's been a while so i i, just, I don't drink but here's a secret guys if you guys are like me you guys don't drink a lot activated charcoal i mean can you guys tell you guys are believers was a game changer dude i went pretty ham yeah yeah i mean you you guys didn't take it very easy on yourselves so here's the thing here's a secret now this there's i have no scientific data to prove this just a ton of anecdotal evidence you take two before you start drinking two more after so before bed and you'll you're gonna feel all right you're gonna feel good now when you don't take it don't take it with your birth control it cancels it out and if you take it with your multivitamins it neutralizes it so i'm pretty sure when once your stomach dissolves it it goes into your bloodstream and starts neutralizing everything so just keep now, that in mind from this is my experience with it it only works if you actually do take it because noel gave me some and i forgot to take it <laughs> <laughs> also if you are hung over the next day it will not help you it'll just turn your vomit black oh you know that Dope. personal experience yes <laughs> 
It sucked. <laughs> Damn, well, dude. that's the thing. It's a double-edged sword, guys. <laughs> this does not mean that you're going to go out and now party every single night and drink, you know, 30 packs of Budweiser and then be good. No, 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 no. Save this secret weapon for that big event when you do decide to finally go out or finally decide to drink or something because, uh, you know, I imagine all of you are taking it easy on the alcohol, <clears throat> like I've suggested. <laughs> now, very quickly, just to kind of build more uh, credibility behind the activated charcoal from what you're saying, how many shots or drinks would you say that you had? So, I, sh- I was supposed to have woken up extremely hungover. I started the night out with a mixed vodka and according to caitlin i thought it, you had uh oh, it's tequila actually te- tequila, tequila and, and red, bull. red bull and you That's found out that dude. shit don't mix well <laughs> dude yeah, it's a, it tasted terrible i i went through it and then uh then afterwards i realized mm, i'm gonna do beer instead that tasted terrible so then i went to beer and then when i'm there they offered whiskey and coke so i went back to that then I'm like, mm. so I went back and forth quite a few times. You should have actually died pretty hard. Yeah, it should have been bad, stuff. especially because I don't drink ever. But uh, I mean, I was fine. I woke up the next morning just a little tired and we played flag football. You know, so I can t- if you guys ha- are going to have a night of drinking, buy some activated charcoal and use it. You guys will thank me. Then the other one, Miguel, how many shots did we tally up for you? <laughs> I think I had 10 shots and three beers. But you took the activated charcoal. I did, and I didn't get. <laughs> I got fucked up, but I didn't get hung over. Yeah, well, I had probably six to eight shots of rum and whiskey, which are my thing, and had a minor headache. Yeah, so and I did not have the activated. Charcoal. We're not encouraging you guys to go binge drinking, but when that time comes and you guys are going to go out get drinks with some friends, use this stuff, and you'll end up thinking yourself later. Or you on. may stay sober long enough to know that you're probably drinking a little too much and need to cut it back. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well changing gears now now it's the next day we're in friday it is black friday Did you guys do any black friday shopping honestly i hate that i hate black friday <laughs> now i'm I'm talking about online deals because we were all together for oh. thanksgiving but i'm talking like because that's the way to go yeah, yeah I, here's I, I, the I, thing I it, do you guys remember when black friday used to be on friday yeah, yeah. back my day used to be like that yeah yeah, yeah. now it's feeling old now yeah, yeah, I can literally say, you know what? Black Friday used to be on Fridays. That's what it was called. Youngsters, Black well, you have Black Friday, then you have Cyber Monday. Yeah. Cyber Monday is the way to go. So Black, there was a bunch of Black Friday deals online. I went on, uh, guys, make sure you guys look this up. This is why I'm broke.com. It's freaking awesome. Go there. They had Black Friday deals. There's some weird shit on that. It's side. a lot of random stuff, but literally you get links to Amazon. So everything they have there, you click on whatever it is you're interested in, takes you to Amazon to buy it. That is the beauty of it. They have a bunch of random stuff. You can go tw- like under $20 deals. You can. They have things like, what's the random thing you saw when you were there? It was a game called Vasectomy. <laughs> 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 oh my god! The logo of it was in a, a guy. There was a girl approaching a guy. She had like pliers or something. And meanwhile, the guy—it's almost like a you know those um, birthing tables, like when you're a woman and you're about to give birth. Yeah, it's like a guy was stuck in those. Oh boy! Yeah, he propped yeah. up everything, and then girls coming towards him with some kind of pliers or something. How much did it cost? Uh, twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I mean. So Christmas shopping now now it's officially beginning. I mean, there's some people out there that have started earlier, some crazies, but uh now it's officially it's time to start stressing about that, I guess. I mean, do you guys do a lot of Christmas shopping or eh, nope. not really? No, I'm always broke, so nobody gets shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too broke for that. <laughs> well, Caitlin's all about Christmas shopping. I 
would not be able to do that because here's the thing then like oh like hada the goddaughter you forget so-and-so forget the and girls are all about that <laughs> i'm like no i'm too much of an asshole to where oh you didn't get me something well, yeah i didn't think about you i'm sorry <laughs> yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. yeah, then it turns to a fat list and it just turns into like a pity gift i'm like eh, yeah. nah. and then with my siblings and we like to do a uh secret santa and that way you can actually get one badass gift instead of little... Because, you know, I'm not going to buy them all, you know, something like Beats by Dre or something. Or Beats by Dre. Wait, what? <laughs> Beats in general. Beats. Yeah. And I'm not going to go out and, like, spend, you know, like or, a grand. Since it's you, would it be... I got my whole family Beats. Everyone thinks of the headphones and everything. It's like, no, Beats. 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 The, the vegetable yeah. thing. Do you kind of know Beats actually have the highest amount of nitric oxide? So if you guys are trying to get a fat pump in the gym... Eat beets or get beet juice extract, and it, you'll actually get a fat pump. That's just a random fact about beets that you bring it up. <laughs> that was the best random fact transition in the world. Now, here's the actual thing about that, because I, I had a class where we had to research into something. Yeah. And one guy I know had to go into uh, beets for nitric oxide. You could feasibly get more of a pump, but it will not translate as well over towards aerobic performance. So, you, so it does elevate your nitric oxide levels, which are vasodilators. So for to make it simple for everyone, make so that the blood vessels open up so more blood can travel faster. And you're, you look more veiny. Now, what the which is be- actually what's really yeah. important. Then pipelines. But now <laughs> what the beet juice nitric oxide bonus does is it's it does raise it, but it's minimal to our cardio performance. It's not a significant improvement is what studies found. But you look cool in the mirror, so... You know. <laughs> for bodybuilding, feeling the pump, feeling good, that they did not measure that because how do you measure feeling good? Hey, could we? It's a placebo effect I'm willing to take. But I, it's beats are disgusting. So eh. yeah, I just blend them with shakes and then move on. Uh. <laughs> well, speaking of random facts, I got another random fact to hit you guys with as far as it's, well, breast milk in general. Do you guys know that breast milk? Eighty-five percent of women these days will pump you know, when they have their babies or whatever. So the milk that they pump in the morning is very, very different from the milk they pump at night. Isn't it like the nighttime has more melatonin yes, in it to help yes. the baby go to sleep? Yeah, and it peaks at midnight. But yeah, nighttime, basically, that milk is made to make the baby go to sleep. And the day till like in the morning, it has higher levels of cortisol. So it basically gets the baby pumped up so the baby's wired. So if you think about this, how disastrous does that sound? You're basically giving melatonin to your baby in the morning if you pumped last night or vice versa you give them one before bed like a morning one before bed and then they're, they're energized now the, here's the neat or funny thing about that is bodybuilders are now now taking a breast milk right yeah, yeah it's and uh so imagine a bodybuilder working out in the morning and then he takes a breast milk that was pumped at night <laughs> yeah. well i mean hold on you're like you're skipping the big thing here you're getting way dude bodybuilders are buying breast milk <laughs> that's that's kind of a big thing right there yeah, yeah there's actually well, they're, they're crazy people that would take a lot of shit just to make them look bigger better or whatever so it's not as surprising that they would drink breast milk that's a uh it's a huge market out there i mean any any females out there that are you know pumping and you guys got extra. You guys could be making some money. I mean, there's people or for that are- the guys out there convince your girl to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to pump it a little bit more, and then uh, you can have like a little black market. Now, I mean, whatever you're into, man, just <laughs> I- I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my uh, my bodybuilder hat. I mean, think about it. Why do you guys think that they're thinking that that would work? I mean, so the way I think it is like maybe they see that a baby grows a lot in nine months, you know, like, you know, like, well, in a year. It's like, bro, look at all the lean mass the baby well, put it, on in a it's year. It's also a lot like um, deer antler. When that 
hit the market and went crazy that the deer antler extract or anything is supposed to be high in instant growth factor. Yeah. And so the whole idea was antlers always grow on deers. They'll grow, then they fall off, then they grow again. If instant growth factors in that, and we take that out and put it into the body, it's like a steroid. Effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it helps. It helps natural, growth. Yeah. quote unquote. And when you look into the studies for breast milk, I mean, isn't the, isn't it the most nutrient dense for a human being? For a baby, is so it is yeah, made for a baby. Sorry, I mean, that's what I meant. If yeah. you look at if you just look at the nutritional facts, so from a bodybuilder, what you want to be paying more attention to is how much protein you're getting in, calories and stuff. In an eight ounce glass of breast milk, you get 172 calories, 10 grams of fat, 16 grams of carbs. And two and a half grams of protein. So uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get so it's anything. it's not the macros that are important. <laughs> it's definitely not. Yeah, but they just, they kind of piece it as, oh, babies grow really fast in a short amount of time. You know, this is, this must be the fountain of gains. <laughs> no, but uh, I have a hard time identifying myself like kind of in that same brush. But bodybuilders will do anything to give them the, you know, competitive edge. Anything yeah. for the gains. Anything for the gains. Yeah. Anything for the gains. I mean, you have to think at one point someone thought, let's take trend and stick it in your body and see what happens. Well, it works. Or, yeah, no, it works. <laughs> I'm curious. But at, when they first started coming out with all these steroids, someone had to think. Let's put this in your body and then see how much bigger, leaner, stronger, etc. you get. So in simpler terms, trend is steroids? Trend, trend. Is, trend is a type of steroids. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, when you're talking steroids, there is... is it's not that I take steroids. It's what kind are you taking? What are you stacking together? But that's for another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, but, we'll save um, that for another time. But um, you guys, something else I ran into, I mean, because now the weather's been getting a lot colder, so... I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I fucking love the cold, dude. So I'm just going through that brief period where it's. Uh, I just want to nap and have some. Oh, didn't it snow in Miguel exactly. recently? We got a lot of snow. In a you got some, you like even hit up Miguel about possibly. Yeah, it's like yeah, I may be snowed in. Help. What were you gonna? What were you gonna need help with? Um, my car is a Civic. It, well, isn't, isn't it doesn't a, do well in you the snow? A pool, boy. Isn't a front wheel drive better for icy conditions or just snowy it, conditions? It's better, but it's not ideal because oh, it will still spin out. Plus, it's a Civic. It's a, it's a little light. Thing. I had chains, but so put it this way: um, my na- I parked my car at my neighbor's house so that we can make sure that it looks like there's more activity there to discourage people from breaking in because that is an issue right now in Megalia. Um, but her house and my house are on hills. <laughs> So the driveway, you go down a hill, then you hit the house. Um, we, My dad and I looked at it as it's snowing. We're getting a good amount of snow. I'm not going to be able to get my car out of this hill. So we shoveled everything out of the way, which the fun part about that, you shovel three feet forward and turn around and three feet back, it's already covered in snow again. I can't. I just stuffed that out of me. You know, it's funny that you can tell us that because I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, well, so this is the fun part about you're wondering about the two-wheel drive. I yeah. had to put into first gear and kind of play with it to get the car moving. And then as it's moving, be careful about how fast the wheels are turning because then I start sliding sideways. So you got to be like, you're very easy on the gas, There's a little bit of time where you go, okay, I got it, I got it. I just have to floor it and get out. Jeez. And so I I did that, got on the street. I'm going up the street, can't see shit. It was snowing that hard where I could not see. I was looking down at the ground. Could not even tell if I was in the middle of the road or off to the side because the snowplow only only pushed one thing. Almost ran into him, by the way. Oh, my God. But got up to the intersection with South Park and Andover. And it's like, okay, no cars coming. This is where I can have some fun. So definitely started revving it a little bit more. So tires are spinning out. Turn it and slowly just drift around. Allegedly. 
and come on back. Nice. <laughs> you were allegedly drifting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things like, it's not like I'm going really super fast or spinning, but it's enough to where I broke enough traction to where I could start turning the car around, and then as it's turning, you let it go so you get traction before you lose it too much, and then just slowly crawl all the way back. Had himself a real yeehaw. It's about a quarter of a mile <laughs> from my house to where I turned around, and I was going maybe three miles an hour the entire time. Yeah, see, no, no. No, it's it's all right when it's just raining here in uh, here in Chico in the valley. Yeah. It's amazing though how much the weather changes from here to there. Oh, yeah. yeah nice. well, well, speaking of snow... And hibernation, you guys started thinking about brown fat. You guys ever, oh, you guys yeah. familiar with brown fat at all? Never heard of it. Yep. Yeah. So we had a whole lecture that broke my brain on brown fat. I mean, I'm gonna say in simpler terms because Doctor A, yeah, kind of very smart guy, but he can lose you. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> if you're yeah, not on the same page with him from step one to two, he will lose you by step three. I mean, essentially, it's fat that is generating is using calories to generate heat. It's like you got a little got a bunch of little heaters in your body so it's keeping you warm this is how polar bears are able to hibernate for an entire winter and just sleep that's how they stay warm they don't freeze to death you know as i recall the main thought i had with brown fat was it's fat that burns itself up without you having to be active and its main purpose is just to generate heat yeah i mean it's literally that's that's basically what it is to keep you warm and the nice thing about it is it uses calories so i mean if you start thinking about people that live in the cold if they don't get to move around nearly as much as we do. So, you know, over here, so it's constantly snowing or whatever. I mean, we're thinking places like up high north or really down south, like was it, Greenland, Arctic type temperature. So, I mean, if you think about it, they all should be severely obese. I mean, you can only do so much in sub-zero degrees, but they ha- they're going to have higher concentrations of black, you know, of brown fat. So they're able to just burn more calories because their body's trying to stay warm. I mean, it's kind of nice little hack and something, you know, that we're able to do here. Now, I mean, there are ways to actually increase your bat, your well, your brown fat content that you have. The best way though is to just be cold. I mean, you can take drugs. <laughs> There's one called um, TZDs, is what they you know what they call it, uh, and it's a drug that's used to treat insulin resistance. But um, a side effect is it turns your fat that. brown, so you in turn start lo- you burn more calories. So it's like another way of increasing your metabolism. Your fat's actually doing it for you. Is that safe? Uh, that's why it's a doctor that gives it to you. Allegedly, it's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so a doctor that'll give it to you. But I mean, the best way is turn the temperature down. I mean, expose yourself to the cold. I know uh, Max Lugavier, this is really, really brilliant guy that I follow. He recommends ice baths, you oh, know, like, yeah. like, you know, daily or every other day for like 20 minutes. And you just have to, you know, really calm the body, control your breathing, you know, and uh, pretty much accept the cold and just get comfortable with. Yeah, it. really, yeah, and then in turn you actually start producing more brown fat, which is uh, a yeah. nice little way to kind of, you know, stay lean. You literally you'll end up staying warmer. The cold won't affect you as much, and you'll end up kind of leaning out. And I'm not saying you guys need to go out and do ice baths, ice baths or anything. Do research on it first and everything, or just do you know polar bear swims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 now quick question I have on that. We know that if you do that short-term, it can speed your metabolism, and apparently it will turn some of the fat brown. But we also know that long-term, it will also elevate cortisol, and then it those will compete for the signals. Well, people that usually have high amounts of cortisol naturally already will tend to be your hard gainers. So like you, I wouldn't recommend you do that. No oh. way. But someone like Miguel or I, I mean, I, I think him and me would benefit from ice baths. I mean, I don't do it. 
just because you have to buy a lot of ice for it. Yeah. I have attempted it before. Or oh, well. it's cold enough in or, uh, Orland, just fill up a tub with water and then stick it outside overnight. That's, dude, you might be onto something <laughs> here. Not, not a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's actually kind of smart. I might try that. Anyway, it's like I know that's why they use uh, some troughs. Okay, now now that I'm saying this, I'm gonna have to follow through with it. But I think I want to try this out just to just to see. Your Experim- balls are gonna go up into your stomach. Experim- <laughs> experimental. You I know, mean, windshields are already freezing here in Chico. Clearly so. experimental. Yeah. Yeah, but um, well, if you guys are trying to increase, you know, calorie burning a day, try again a few ice baths here and there, a few times a week, and see what happens. Ah, right, traveler, before you head back out there, come join me at the E and E stand. Have a nice cold bottle of mead with me. There are a few things you should note before you head back out there. Let me tell you. So something I've noticed, well, in general, well, obviously we know that when we start aging, our mobility goes down, we lose muscle mass and stuff. But the majority of the people that actually do this is people that you know, are very sedentary. They don't do any sort of strength resistance training or anything. And Miguel, can you look up the article of the 80-year-old lady that was able to beat the crap out of an intruder and she happened to be a power lifter? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yes. Look it up. Look Happily. it up. Look it up. Well, think about it. I mean, when you think elderly population, how many of them do you actually see in the gym doing anything? I mean, I've got an 80-year-old You see client. a lot in the gym, but they typically are in their aqua class, Zumba class, treadmills a recumbent bike and they're doing very minimal stuff you're in a very different type of uh of gym than i am so you do at least they're moving around and stuff did you pull it up dude yeah they're yeah. they're like stuck in the 70s and 80s where it's moving they like you'll you'll see them where they're on the recumbent bike and their feet are just moving it's not resistance it's not at any given tempo it's just kind of slowly doing something I mean, for, for us to be able to move around, I mean, strength training is pretty important. I mean, what, what's, what's the article say, dude? I mean, obviously, she didn't have any fucking problem. <laughs> An 82-year-old female bodybuilder beat up a 28-year-old man who tried to break into her home in Rochester, New York. Already, she's from New York, so she's tough. Yeah. I'm alone and I'm old, but guess what? I'm tough, Willie Murphy said. <laughs> that's what's up. That's Shouts cool. out to Willie Murphy. Yeah, yeah no, so, so, I mean, that's... It, I don't think enough of the elderly population is doing resistance training. Well, no. And here's the funniest thing about it is you hear a lot about when you get older, your muscles go away, your metabolism slows down, you're going to get frail, you're going to look a certain way. But then you also go on the internet and you see all these articles or you're on Facebook uh, just kind of scrolling through your feed and all of a sudden a little snippet thing pops up and it will have an elderly man or woman where they're doing something ridiculous yeah like a elderly grandma got into powerlifting and lifted 135 pounds for the first time ever in the deadlift or you have the jacked grandpas of for some reason that you see this but they always think those are outliers those are the rare people that could do it everyone else is going to get frail and it's not they're outliers as much as they are outliers that they still push themselves that's what makes them the outlier is the fact that they're still going to the gym and training in that method it's not that they have freaky genetics or anything it's that they're taking the time to you know train what i would consider correctly yeah i mean you could do you could do biking and stuff or jogging i mean we've seen studies where people will run and they'll lose bone density and if you're an elderly person, that's the last thing you want. Resistance training actually builds bone density. So it's something or will help combat the losing of bones. And more specifically, if you take a weight vest and put it on, then just kind of move around or you hold your dumbbells and you go on your walks, that will not do the job as no. well as more traditional squatting, deadlifting, benching, pressing, just curling, doing that 
muscle building. muscle building will be better than just adding a weight and trying to live with more weight on your body. Yeah, I mean, if you, the study if you, showed it's not nearly as effective. I mean, that makes me think about the astronauts that are out in outer space, literally have zero gravity. So there's a reason they don't just, I mean, they can get on bikes and stuff. But once gravity hits, they lose so much, they've lost so much muscle mass mm-hmm. and they like can't like, they can hardly function. Well, that's why in many cases when they're getting ready to go, they have to work out a lot, get very strong. Then when they're up there, they also have methods of exercising so they can try to keep the body strong. Because the other thing is if you're in space long enough, your body will just start falling apart because there's not enough stress being placed on it. Yeah. Well, then now we start thinking about, you know, think about today. So back in the day, I mean, with the elderly population, when they were young, I mean, they're running outside as kids, playing in trees and stuff, doing stuff outside and actually moving. Today's youth, you don't see that a whole lot. I mean, no, no you, you, I mean, you don't see it at all. How You can go outside, you know, just on a sun, sunny day, and it's such a foreign concept in today's society. You can go back to, like, summer school, like the, the summer daycare stuff. Back in the day where you would remember you're biking around town, you're going to the public pool, swimming, going to the parks, whatever, just doing something, and you go and you look at that now – People are still going out, but they're either really super, super young with their parents or it's the crowd is just not as big because more people are staying inside and playing games or staying on their phone, doing something not as active. I mean, uh, I've gotten clients that are in high school. So this is kind of a product of what, you know, of what society has done is their mobility is atrocious. There's this, I mean, I have one. He has he has lost the ability to be able to raise his arms over his head so it's something that i mean as a kid i mean you should be able to do that no problem think about that i mean i mean you rip your arm up to go climb a tree or something but a lot of this the youth has they're on tablets all the time they're playing video games all the time they they just they don't move and so they've lost the you know how to be connected to their body and it's it's kind of sad you know so resistance training i mean i i don't want to keep saying that but that's not even that that's more of a changing lifestyles i mean the as technology makes life easier and easier and easier we're moving less and less and less it's kind of a sad thing to see you know i i don't remember the quote exactly i don't even remember who said i think it was probably dave tape i'm not gonna even try to quote it but the main idea that he conveyed was you need stress you need um resistance in your life what happened you can't have it be that easy there was a there was a study done on trees that were never subjected to any wind and they were really 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 fragile they had not built up any resistance at all they will treat plants and uh, humans or mammals in general their bodies will change based on whatever it is that they need yeah or uh, use it or lose it use it or lose it or the main quote that dr a taught us is cells are selfish if your body doesn't need it it will not even build it yeah so and with the elderly just one little thought that popped in my head just now we've all i've also noted personally just with working with clients or being around the gym the ones who get older and are still moving don't have their mindset become a fixed mindset they still have a growth mindset. So just to explain that to the audience, a fixed mindset is pretty much in your mind, there's a 
ceiling. You can't get past this level of fitness, intelligence. That's very looks. common in advanced age people. As they get older, yeah. I've noted many people who start into a fixed mindset. The ones who just keep accelerating through life, they never get that way. They still have the growth mindset of the sky's limit. Like I can keep on going. Now that there is a realism that comes in with that where, yeah, I'm 60 years old. I'm not 20 anymore. So there are some limits, but that's not going to hold me back and I can still do stuff. So going from there, another thing that we've talked about before and I've had to talk to some people about is what we think about competitions. We've already said in past episodes that if you have any kind of insecurity about how your body looks, don't go into bodybuilding. But is there a competition that you could still have that insecurity and go and have fun at a competition? It what I mean, do you think? Yeah, there's I mean, well, you can yeah, you can go do other ones. I mean, there's powerlifting and there's Olympic lifting, which are both. All these competitions will take you to the extreme of anything. It, I mean, powerlifting, it's different. It's not so much a physiological way that it messes with you. It's more your body. I mean, it's physical stress on the body. Bodybuilding, eh, it's mentally draining. It's mentally tough. You have to be very disciplined. And then psychologically starts messing with you when you in the offseason. Powerlifting kind of gets rid of that, but you literally put a lot of stress on your body. The way I would try to advise someone, if you're ever thinking about going into a competition fitness-wise, go into the um, performance-based performance ones yes. first. Yes. Get comfortable with that. So an idea would go be go to a powerlifting meet. Don't expect to win because if you're not an actual powerlifter that's been doing it for decades, you're going to get your ass handed to you unless you're a genetic freak. Yeah. I mean, if I could have two cents on this, I mean... Coming in as an average Joe, powerlifting is pretty good for the mind for yeah. me. Yeah. Because the more you build strength and the more you see it that you're doing it yourself, more confidence. It's a, it's a booster. Yeah. Like you well, feel good. You, f- you feel pretty confident after that. Then the awesome thing about it is also teaches you a little bit more about programming. Yeah. A lot more about Bodybuilding has the issue with programming that there is no solid measurement. Ugh, there's all these Instagrammers that'll give you this program and that program, you know, buy my ebook. But or chase the pump. Yeah. You put two inches on your arms, something like and that. The, the only way to validate that, you know, to say that it's, you know, if it's any good is people will base it on who said that, you know, so just cause some dude super shredded on roids and stuff and his lifts, you know, seven days a week, twice a day, this, you know, this guy will put on an ebook. You have to do this, you know, eight hour arm blaster workout to gain two inches in a week or whatever BS they'll give you. Powerlifting is cool because people can attest. I mean, you either got stronger or you didn't. Like yeah. that's it's yeah. very, very, very objective. And it's then all- once you get better at it, you can also look at the program before ever doing it and see, okay, these are the principles. This is how it's working. This is how it's structured. And then when you do that, you can look at, okay, this sucks or this works. <clears throat> can you get that out? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> God. The, uh, all the research went into performance. Not looks. Well, the cool thing about Olympic lifting is it's very, I mean, you get that powerlifting aspect, but it just, it's very technique based, you know? So it's, to me, it's a little safer. Is it, I don't know. It's, I mean, obviously to go to the extreme and you're thinking, you know, a 400 pound snatch, you know, it's not really, but they're very technique based. So in the end, I believe that one is safer than the other two. That's also a very advanced, like Olympic lift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so we're talking yeah. power cleans, power snatch, where they pop the weight up. Yeah. But it's extremely technical. That's the beauty of it is you learn. We're able to move the body a lot better. The key to that is you have to go to the right 
coach or instructor. Yes. This is one where I may catch some heat for this. I would not advise going to a CrossFit box to learn how to do Olympic lifting to then go into a competition. (laughs) To then go into a competition with Olympic lifts as compared to go to a certified USAW level two coach. There the level level one just means that I can teach you the lift. I've been formally educated in the snatch, the clean, and all other lifts surrounding those two. I have that cert. It's a pretty fun cert to go through. I learned from Jim Schmitz, who was the U.S. Olympic weightlifting coach for the Olympic uh, weightlifting team back in the 80s and I think early 90s. Uh, Don't quote me on those numbers. The level two means you have to have trained athletes who have then competed. Hmm. So if you want to learn how to do it right and you want to learn how to go into a competition, you go for that level two uh, coach because they have experience in it. If you go to the level three, they're the professionals that they've had people win. Yeah, and they'll probably you know charge you an arm and a leg. Yes, but, but it'd a, be a better way to learn than CrossFit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. I mean, the main... My knock on CrossFit is you focus on how many reps you can do in a given amount of time. Is that isn't that how it goes? They they do some AMRAPs. That's not everything. You have EMOMs. It's a lot more faster tempo. And when it comes to Olympic lifting, or complex it movements. is so complex. And I've seen CrossFit instructors teach it to a group where they just kind of go and okay, step one, step two, step three, step one, step go. two, step three, and they keep you with the PBC pipe. The Olympic lifting coach will do a lot more one-on-one. They, If they're really good, they may go group, but they keep the group smaller. Yeah. CrossFit, you can have a giant group, and you're trying to teach everyone how to do a snatch. Keep in mind, like what Noel just talked about a while ago with um, kids not being able to bring their arms overhead, the snatch you have to be able to do with the overhead squat, which technically speaking is the hardest of the squats. Well... Let's go on to the next thing, guys. The next big point, you know, that I wanted to cover was how to fix quad dominance. That was a problem I actually have just fixed as of I want to say like two weeks. Yeah. So how did you fix it? Uh, I listen to you guys. <laughs> no, no, really <laughs> though. Uh, 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 I was always smart on my man. <laughs> I was always on my tiptoes. That's that's how I learned to squat. Yeah. And nobody ever corrected me. So when I squatted with Noel, he said on the heels. And that's all I heard maybe four times in a row. And I'm like, why? Yeah. You know, like, I didn't know because I didn't understand the concept. Yeah. Now that I get it, now, you know, if I squat on my tippy toes, I feel it all in my quads. Now, yeah. my heels, I feel it all in my glutes and my hams. So I've been practicing that for like a good, I want to say, seven months. And on top of that, what really just pioneered it in was Andrew. Just practice your squat like if you're in the middle of conversating you're standing up or if you're in the kitchen a group of friends just go ahead and squat get down make sure you're balanced make sure you're on your heels like just squat anytime you don't have to do like six sets of ten just get in a squat and hold it for a couple seconds and yeah. be like okay yep. here we go and one of the things that i i'm thinking miguel's thinking about this or talking about it was during the football game for Thanksgiving, right when everyone was getting ready to go home, everyone's just kind of sitting around bullshitting with each other. I just sat down and popped a squat. Yeah. And yeah. Practiced, kind of stretched it out a little bit, but got comfortable there. And then Miguel comes up, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just sitting here. And then he popped one with me and just kind of did the same thing. That's actually very common in uh, other countries. Asian squat. In other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah, there in countries like India also, people will just squat and can actually sit there for hours and be extremely comfortable. Yeah. And we're super immobile here in the States. I mean, you, the vast majority of the people, you'll have them do that. And in about 
two three minutes in their legs are burning they're hating life yeah you know it's a it's a movement we all should be able to kind of sit in and be comfortable with it it's a great movement but because for americans because we are so inactive or what i learned is a um, part of it is because we sit in chairs yeah, we're all very the time compared yeah. to let's say the japanese where they will sit on the ground without any back support so all the supporting muscles for their spine are much stronger on average yeah. than the average american yeah so you can practice it a lot which is one thing you need to do and one thing i found if you have someone you can squat they are still quad dominant is they in their mind they think down up down up what I have told my clients is think more pulling the hips back and then pushing the hips forward. When you, your mind starts thinking about that, what I've noted with my clients and with myself, that all of a sudden the glutes activate that much more because the movement that you are envisioning in your mind is something that the glutes have to be active for. Because uh, I've also had too many clients where they go to the top of the squat and their hips are still backwards. The way I can tell when the squat's going to be often, it's going to be extremely quad dominant is I'll look at them from the side and the the millisecond movement I see at the very beginning of it will be if their knees start going forward are like, all right, just don't even squat. Like I already know what's going to happen. If their hips start going back first, if that's the first movement, okay, we're onto something. This is going to potentially be a good squat. So yeah, I mean, what I'll teach my clients is get the hips to come back and I mean, sit back on the heels and spread the floor is another one. That's how you'll activate the glutes is, I mean, you're probably squatting on a mat or a platform or something spread that mat apart and that will that's what the glutes are supposed to do is they get your legs to come up to the side which is called abduction get those glutes to turn on i mean because we we sit so much in this you know you've heard the term sleepy butt syndrome <laughs> i mean it, right it's, now. it's people have lost yeah people have lost the ability to connect to the glutes so all my clients I always make them do some sort of hip bridge some sort of way to get that muscle to turn on to fire and then once they're able to do that then all of a sudden the squats are so much easier to connect to but everyone just focuses on going straight down and coming back up and they do end up getting a lot of sheer force on that knee and over time kind of wear it down so yeah. that's where my cue focus more on the hips hips back hips forward hips back hips forward helps the other thing that i learned from squat university was the three inch wall test you put your foot three inches away or your toes three inches away oh, yeah. from a wall you have to keep your foot flat and then try to drive your knee forward and have it touch the wall. If you don't touch it, that means your ankle's stiff. If your ankle is stiff, that will affect your squat. The min the requirement is that sh you should be able to touch your knee against the wall. But if pretty much if your knee can't travel far enough forward with the right mechanics, your hips will not move appropriately to go around it, then your back can get tight. Yeah. So some people you may have to fix your ankle mobility. there's so many that's the beauty of the squat is people that aren't practicing in it should start practicing it you'll start learning a lot more about your body and there's always ways to improve the squat and that's why you can do be squatting for a year two years three years five years there's always something to work on and you're just getting better at moving it and you keep getting all these new gains from it too it's not yeah. a lift that you're going to plateau out very easily it you no It'll take forever for you. That's why all time. my clients, it's always the cornerstone of my style of training with them is, is they're always doing, you know, the squat or the deadlift at least once, almost always at every Or session. at least a variation of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost See, always. the other thing they can do if you're having issues connecting with the butt, and let's say you're not going to hip bridge, you can also turn into a unilateral exercise. So what that means, there's unilateral and bilateral. What that means is the squat, your feet are working at the same time. Unilateral would be like a lunge 
one leg is working or one side is working at a time. Think a single-legged squat versus a regular squat. If you do a single leg or a Bulgarian split squat, you'll be able to suddenly feel your butt that much faster and be able to perfect that much faster than the back squat. You get good at that, then it can translate over to your back squat. Yeah. Something else we'll do is, uh, we'll all do is, uh, something I learned from physical therapy is put a band around their knees when they squat and that will give them a physical sensation of the knees trying to go in. That's not what the the glutes are supposed to, you know, make it go out. So I tell them, keep that tension on the band. And then suddenly like, oh my God. And then they'll come in the next day or, or the next session. They'll be like, my glutes are freaking sore. I'm like, that's how you know you squatted correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That sounds like a and, game changer. <laughs> well, if you're a trainer and you have any issues trying to get your clients to feel their butt, you can use the coaching equipment like Nobel um, gave the example of with the band. Or a lot of it will boil down to your cues have a good arsenal of cues spread the floor doesn't work for everyone so maybe corkscrew where the feet are trying to twist in opposite directions outward Mm -hmm. or external rotation that works for some people one that i found for some of my clients is lay an egg there you go as you you go go down you're trying to lay an egg eddie cohen his cue is my favorite but you have to be careful with who you use it for (laughs) (laughs) open your taint yeah the first thing you do after unracking the bar and you're ready to squat open your taint and then drop ah i always and i always give them the uh hit them with the dog pooping or the stripper butt you know oh a stripper butt and poop dog yeah yeah because when they when it's a uh, very quad dominant they end up looking like a dog pooping and so i'll tell them hey this is what you look and i'll like, kind of act it out you know and like it's literally like a dog pooping and they're like oh my you know and then it, it just that when they can visualize what it looks like it i mean half the time it'll that alone will make huge improvements in their squat. Yep. Obviously, so, not perfect, but it's always nice. If you're a trainer, we had an episode talking about what you should, like, classes take. One thing just to learn over time is 500 different cues, yes. let's say. Ex- yes. Exaggeration, but 500 different cues for three things. Yeah, yeah. The more ways you can say or cue something up, the more the better you are and the more you can reach someone. Yeah. Because not everyone learns the same way. All right, well, let's switch up on one more general area. PRs, PRs. in general. Like the bro lift, where every lift, we're getting a PR. You just go in, you snap, you go super sane, load up the deadlift bar, and go to town. It's well, not worth your back, homie. <laughs> yeah, Miguel, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, they're incredible. No, no, they're not worth it. <laughs> they Honestly, uh, if you want to test out your strength, maybe like once every, let's say like two months or something just give it a time cap then yeah it's nice to see what your body's capable of but i mean warm up man like yeah. make sure you're getting your programs done that you're priming your body you're getting your stretches in because if you go in like me fasted without a big warm-up you're gonna you're gonna mess something up it's not worth it so the other thing to just keep in mind is there's different types of prs you can have the absolute strength pr where i lifted the most weight ever one rm yeah you can do the um five by fives (laughs) you can do the amrap where you're trying to get as many reps as possible and go for a rep max the key to that is you never do that at 100 percent weight unless you're with a very well experienced and master kind of coach trainer who knows how to do it right you can also go for like bar speed if you have the equipment which I am pretty sure no one does because that's Yeah, no, now you're, you're getting too crazy. But, but <laughs> what you have to keep in mind is that there's different types of PRs. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, just a general rule of thumb, a good way to do it is, you know, go for a, put up something that you think you might be able to do three with. If you can do five reps with, there's a way, there's, a, there's an equation. I mean, do you remember how it goes? The relative one rep max We have equation? to post, this would be an equation to post in the show notes. You multiply oh, yeah. the, the number of reps. Or by, it's, by, an, it's by a factor. It's a constant factor that changes. I think it's uh, if you're 10 reps. You multiply it by no. If it's a one rep, you multiply by one. Then I think you multiply a two rep by one point oh five or something like that, and then it changes as you go higher in the reps. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look that up. And if we don't find that, just delete all this. Ugh, <laughs> 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 math. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, there should be an equation out there that let's say you do a three rep max for three fifteen. You plug it in, and it'll tell you your projected max is that. And it's better doing it like that because if you go for you do one rep max and you like, oh, I can do a little more. And then you go for it and then a little more. You actually don't benefit a lot from that workout alone. And it's, and in my opinion, it's almost a wasted day. If I want to, you know, find, you know, get a good workout in and at the same time find out what I'm made of, I'll do more of a as many reps as possible type of approach. A weight that I can do, you know, I'm sure I could do maybe three with and go for five or six of it, you know. So actually, I pulled up the equation because I use this for some of my clients when I'm trying to find their rep max so I can. So, so so how about this i'm deadlifting i did i did something easy like 300 300 so for six i did it six times so, so actually it? i kept them at five because yeah. i learned that the five rep is the maximum rep that will give you an accurate measurement. okay so i did five so you do your you said 300 yeah. You do your 300 multiplied by 1.15. 1.15. And that will give you your... So, so my projected max is 345 pounds. One, you got a you know an okay workout and you did reps and you're able to get some sort of data. Yep. There's actually a program that uses that whole concept. It's uh, dropback sets. You're going for higher volume at lower reps and what you have to do as you run the program is you still calculate what your estimated max is and i believe it's each week or so your estimated max should be going up so you should be able to pull the same load or a little bit more of it for either more reps or the same reps they keep it around i think it's about yeah, it's pretty much an AMRAP. So it starts off where you can pull maybe 15 reps, and then each week as you do the same lift again, it naturally will stop drop or start dropping down in the reps. And as you do that, your estimated max goes up. It gets very technical and very weird when yeah. it's abstract. Yeah. But that is a way that you can go for PRs each time is you're trying to see if your estimated max went up. Yeah, I mean, but the general rule of thumb for it is you'll get these younger guys that want to, you know, load up the bench and see how much they can do for one rep. It's a wasted, you know, it's day of exercise. In wasted my and you will go backwards. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I mean, you'll start regressing. central nervous system will get way too fatigued. So you can think about it as, I love this um, example, the muscles are your speakers. Mm-hmm. And your nerve system is your amp. Yep. The muscles can only go as loud or perform as well as the amp allows them to. Exactly. And I mean, you could, if you have a really good CNS, you could blow your speakers and pull a muscle. Yep. <laughs> There's actually ways of doing that. And both so, are fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and you can think about it when you go heavy weight, 
you're stressing the nerve system more than the muscle. When you go lower weight, higher volume, you're stressing the muscle less than or more than the nerve system. Yeah, so you want I mean you want to train in a balanced way. Definitely don't go too much, especially don't go too much in the strength and start wearing yourself down because yeah, you'll start seeing, you know, diminishing returns. You'll start getting less and less from your workouts and actually start going backwards. And the best people to learn these concepts from or try to get information about this from are going to be your strength coaches yeah because what they do is they plan your success yeah so you guys take it easy with the prs don't kill yourselves don't overdo it and if you're gonna go for like a three rep max go for it but make sure you implement it into your workout don't don't be doing it every single session for you know a month straight because you will you'll be able to notice that you're getting weaker and with that we're gonna wrap things up uh, as always, give me a follow, guys, on Instagram at Noel Cast Iron Fit. You can get hold of me at Nactac Fit, and in a little bit, the Iron Nerd Moto will be ready to go. Hey. <laughs> you can follow me at Brown Psycho One Hundred on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks, and, guys. And actually, guys, real quick, one last thing: we actually have an Instagram page up. We are at Nerds and Iron on Instagram, and nerds and iron on facebook <laughs> we are so imaginative aren't we <laughs> so g- give us a like give us a follow and we'll be throwing out content at you guys